So Money Episode 132, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Memorial Day weekend, everyone. Welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I hope you're enjoying a wonderful, long three-day weekend. We are in Brooklyn this weekend, enjoying the sun. Unofficial kickoff to summer 2015. Very excited. Hopefully, this means I can once and for all get rid of my winter clothes. I was literally wearing you know, pants, socks, scarf, sweater on Thursday, and I was like, this is this is just ridiculous. I mean, come on. Come on, Mother Nature. All right, let's start today's episode as we do every episode on Saturday with a review on iTunes. Uh, as you know, every week I, I grant a free 15-minute money session with a an iTunes reviewer for So Money. And this week I'm selecting Andrea. Andrea says that uh, this podcast is so informative and inspiring. Gives it five stars. She says, a friend recommended this podcast to me a few months ago, and I can honestly say it's changed my life. I studied engineering and foreign languages in school, came out with great grades, a great job, but almost no understanding of personal finance. I've basically learned everything I know about money in the last four months from Farnoosh and her guests. Wow. From the content on the show to following up on the recommended resources. I recommend this podcast for anyone trying to get their foot in the door with understanding the mysterious world of finance. Start ASAP on your financial freedom. Andrea, looking forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm so thrilled that it is teaching you so much. And I have to say, I'm learning a ton as well as the host of the show. You think you know everything. Well, I don't. And um, uh, my guests keep me on my on my toes. So Andrea, here's what I want you to do. Email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Um, I will get that email, respond with a booking calendar for you to select a time for us to, ch- to chat one-on-one about what's on your money mind. And I look forward to connecting with you. And if there's anyone else listening who's like, I want to do that. I want to get together with Farnoosh. Here's what you do. You go on iTunes, you leave a review, And every week, every Saturday, I pick one new reviewer to get that free 15-minute money session. And I will be honest, you know, it's not like it's pouring. People are, I get maybe three or four tops uh, reviews every week at this point. Um, It's not like the flood that it was when I I first started. I think people see that I've got 254 reviews and they're like, you know, what else can I say about this show? So um, my point is, is that it's not that competitive. (laughs) So if you... um, if you leave a review, there's like a one in three or one in four chance that you're going to win. Um, so uh, go for it if you can. I'd love it. I'd love to see a review. And thank you in advance. Okie dokie. Let's go to our batch of questions that have been uh, coming in this week. And I've got one here. Uh, it's an initial, SL. She asks, hi, I don't believe you have covered this one. I am the breadwinner in the family, and my husband has always been ultra-supportive. He does everything around the house without complaining that I work long hours. We've been married for 12 years and are high school sweethearts, and I'm still in love with him. But yesterday, he had a three-alarm meltdown. Turns out my success has emasculated him this whole time, and he feels insignificant and not needed. He thinks I deserve better because he isn't good enough. 
I'm still infatuated with him after all this time and I would die without him. Have you heard of this left turn? Please help. Girl, have I heard of this left turn? I wrote a whole book about female breadwinners and the complexities and challenges of being in a modern day relationship with a man that you love and a man that loves you and being a female breadwinner while it is, it should be innocuous to all of us, uh, you know, there, that, that, that this was not a problem. You know, this is a totally normal and it is. There are now one in four women in married, in marriages making more than their husbands. But the reality is, is that, you know, um, as men and as women, we have sensitivities. There are certain ways that we expect a marriage to work. And I'm speaking generally. And for men, I've learned through all my studies and interviews over years uh, in writing this book, is that, you know, generally speaking, men want to provide in a relationship, period. They want to be considered the most important person in your life. Isn't that nice? It's actually kind of sweet. Um but when they're not the breadwinner, and they're in fact, they're making a lot less than you, they may feel insignificant. They may feel like they're not really providing. And they may feel as though they're not significant to you and that they um, don't have a purpose. So one, I'm really happy that your husband brought this to the surface because I think that what breaks marriages apart is this lack of communication over this. We feel this way. We don't talk about it. I wish he talked to you sooner about it. I mean, 12 years is a long time to bottle things up. But, you know, he came forth with it. Um, clearly you love him and clearly he loves you. And so that's an amazing foundation to go from, to, to, to build from. The next step for the two of you is to really have to get a heart to heart about how you can redefine your individual roles in the relationship so that he again feels purposeful, significant, meaningful, and your hero. I know ladies, we don't like to hear that men are our heroes. It's very passe. What I'm saying here is that when you're in a relationship, and I've learned this, you know, I didn't learn this growing up. I, I've learned this recently. This is not something that I think society or families or our culture really ingrained in us, but it's so important because we, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you don't look back and go, wow, look at all the money I made. You want to go, wow, look at this amazing marriage that I had or this relationship, or I was loved, or I was in a loving relationship, and I was in a relationship that worked. And I think that's really the the important legacy that we want to leave behind. And, and so it's important to work at your relationship and realize that it's completely different than how it is in a, in a work setting, in a business setting. Relationships are very delicate. Gender plays a significant part um, in, in a relationship and, and in the world, frankly. I mean, women and men have different ways, generally speaking, that they want to be communicated to, that they interpret things. And the book talks about all of this. But I think for us to get across to you over this, you know, little podcast that I have just to give you a good maybe next step with your with your hubby is to say, okay, you want to remind him that he is still the most important person to you in your life that you couldn't do your job without his support, emotional support. But I think men want to be more than just your emotional rock. They want to actually like physically be there for you in some grand way. And if they're not there for you in a financial way, what else can he do for you that would identify as the most important bit of support in, in, in the, you know, in the kind of realm of your relationship. I'll give you an example in my marriage where I make more than my husband. He is, he is not only my emotional rock, but he is giving me and this family the kind of support that money can't buy, that my money can't buy, that he is able to adjust his work hours and, and negotiate flexibility at his job 
so that he can be here for us earlier than later in the day at the end of, so, you know, I was at some point I was getting really overworked and I um, felt like I just needed some, you know, like a really a change in, in the way that we were running our lives. And it was because I, my husband was coming home at like six thirty seven, and I was not getting every, all my work done by, by four o'clock, which is when the nanny leaves. So Tim said to me, you know, how can I help? And I thought, well, it's not enough to just like play by ear and say, hey, today, can you come home at four? Hey, tomorrow, can you come home at six? It's like, let's just rearrange your schedule if possible so that that inherently builds in some more flexibility in our lives and in how we manage childcare and in how I manage my workload. And let me tell you, it's been the most amazing thing. And he gave that to us and he fought for that at work and he got it and I'm so lucky. And so that's just one example of how he is like, to me, I couldn't do my job without my husband, the way that he has structured his job. And, you know, on top of that, um, Tim has complete authority and control over certain aspects of our lives. Not that I'm in the dark, but, you know, things like planning our college savings for our son um, and saving for that, uh, you know, planning vacations. Um, this summer, we have to sublet because we're renovating. And you know what? He is he's taking charge of that and he's, you know, going to pay for it. And so while he makes less, you know, he is able to cover a lot of other significant things and giving his money meaning. Look, it's all in the book. When she makes more, ten rules for breadwinning women. It just came out in paperback, actually, for a lot, lot less money. Um, if you want the introduction to the book, email me farnoosh at so many podcast com, and I'll send you that so you can get a flavor. But I'm going to stop there because there's so much more I could say on this topic, and I love these kinds of questions because obviously you can tell I've been studying this for a long time, and it's very close and near and dear to my life. But S dash L, that's what you told me your name was. Um, I think you're in an okay place. I think you're going to be okay. I think your husband is a a, fen, a fine man. He was open and honest with you. You love him. Now it's just a matter of communicating and redefining your purposes in the marriage. And the book walks you through all of that. So keep me posted. I want to also hear from your husband. Have him email me if he's got personal questions. And guys on the podcast, if you're feeling like this too, let's start a dialogue around this. Email me. And um, maybe we can start something and getting some support for the men because, you know, behind every successful woman is an amazing man. Uh, and, uh, and we need to bring them and celebrate them. And we need to celebrate them. Adriana, let's move on. Adriana asks, my question is about real estate. I'm 25 and I've been applying to PA school this year. Ever since I graduated from college, I've been saving, investing. By next year, I, when I start school, I will have enough to put a nice down payment on a house or an apartment. Should I buy my first place right before school or use that money for living expenses? I won't be working these two years. If I don't buy a place, I'm going to have to rent. And I think that's a waste of money. Plus, it's a great area to rent the house out afterwards. I would love to know what you think. Thank you. Hey, Adriana. Well, I never think it's a good idea to buy a home and take on a mortgage when you're going to be unemployed. That's, I think, a pretty good rule to live by. I know you've saved for the down payment, but remember, a house is expensive. There's the mortgage. There's the taxes. There's the utilities. There's the insurance. And so if you're not making money... Where are you going to get that money to pay for the house for all those expenses? Rent is going to be a lot cheaper for you. You can get a couple of roommates. Rent also affords you flexibility. It's not like you're, you know, you're not building equity when you have a rental. But I think for this particular stage in your life where you're going to be a student too, you're going to have a lot of work on your plate, um, to add a homeowner to that is just going to be a lot of unnecessary stress. 
So save as much as you can of that nest egg that you've built up for that down payment. When you get that job and you get that steady income, that's when you want to apply for a loan. And frankly, banks aren't going to want to give you a mortgage if they discover you're going to be unemployed for a couple of years as a student. You know, think about it. If you were to give anybody a loan, um, it's not exactly an attractive quality to find out that they're not going to have any income for the next two years because then you're going to start to worry. Like, you're, are you going to get paid back? So, you know, take that as a sign that this might not be the best time for you. You're 25. I know you're ambitious. You've, you've done very well saving. Take a little bit of time. Take two years. Go through school. Ace your classes. And then once you get that awesome job, you know, um, make sure that you can you know, re- rebuild that uh, savings cushion once again and then find the house of your dreams. All right? Alexis says, Dear Farnoosh, I'm 30 and I'm finally trying to plan for my future for the first time. My mother decided to open a target date index fund for me as a gift so that I'll have a retirement fund. It's very sweet, but I don't feel a sense of ownership over it. I now have a couple thousand dollars to put away for the first time myself, but I can't afford a financial planner. Should I just add more to the fund that my mom set up, set up a separate Roth IRA, or hold out until I get a salary job that might offer a better alternative? Love, love, love the show. Hey, Alexis, I think that you're 30, so it's time to get going with retirement once and for all. I'm glad that your mother set up this uh, gift for you. Maybe find out if you can, if she can transfer ownership once and for all to you. Um, so you're probably the beneficiary, but it would be nice to just have complete, you know, control over this. Um, but I like the Roth IRA plan. I think it's a swell plan. You know, we talk about Roth IRAs on the show a lot. It's a great tax advantage way to save for retirement and also in the interim if you need that money for um, a qualified expense like buying a home or paying for a medical bill, that money will be available to you penalty-free. But try to save it for retirement. More more likely, it's better to just save, 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 save as much as you can uh, for the future. And maybe you'll get a job with a better alternative, but at this point, you don't want to wait and see. If you get a job down the road that has a great 401k with a match, keep the Roth IRA and also have the 401k. There's nothing wrong with having more than one different retirement vehicle. I actually advocate for having multiple retirement vehicles at the same time working for you. It's a great way to diversify. So definitely do something. And I think the Roth is a great way. And ask your mom about transferring ownership of that uh, target date fund. Olivia asks, You recently answered a question about repaying student loans. Yep, that was last week. And I was wondering why you emphasized uh, consolidating private and public loans separately. As a recent law school grad who started with over 200,000 in loans, and I'm now down to just under 75K, I was just wondering why you didn't mention some of the more popular options that are out there for consolidating both types of loans, like... Uh, Sophie, Common Bond, Credible, Earnest, DRB student loans. Olivia, you know, um, you got me. I don't really know much about those uh, alternative lenders online. I know I've heard of some of them. I'm not educated on them, I will admit. Um, Traditionally speaking, you cannot combine a private and a public loan together uh, and consolidate them, that is. And if you go into a bank, they're not going to do it. So that's where my advice stems from. Maybe I'm a traditionalist um, and I need to just kind of get more up to date with some of these alternatives. 
Um, so I will do that. And thanks for bringing that up. And maybe we'll do a, an episode about it at some point. Um, as I know, student loans are a huge, huge, well, I guess they're an epidemic at this point, right? I mean, there are more outstanding student loans in this country than there are credit card uh, balances. So that's a scary thing. But uh, I don't want to end on a bad note. Olivia, thanks for your question. I uh, love this show because my guests keep me, uh, they keep me in check. So I'm going to check that out and I will, uh, I will maybe next time have more to, to share about them. Thank you so much to Olivia, Alexis, Adriana, and SL for your questions this Saturday. Tomorrow, lots more to come. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great Saturday. Hope your day is, you know it, so money. <laughs>